This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So we've been chatting about this story of Pierre Polyevra and his wife, Aneta Polyevra, and the RCMP now investigating threats made to Aneta Polyevra by the leader of a white supremacist group who was photographed shaking Pierre Polyevra's hand last month and is said to be connected to the trucking convoy. This guy is a leader of a group called Diagalon, a neo-Nazi group that not only talks about raping women, but also their intent is to carry out a race war and anarchy. And members have been connected to the Coots Alberta border arrests, which that is where they did find guns and weapons. And there were alleged um, allegations that there was a plot to kill an officer. So, yeah, the RCMP is going to investigate if the leader of this group's comments broke any laws or even conditions because he is facing other charges that are before the courts. But even if they go after them and this guy goes through the courts and all the rest of it, it's not going to stop anything. And my next guest will tell you that. Warren Kinsella is author of a national bestseller, Web of Hate. Also, you can read him in the Toronto Sun. And of course, he's got a long time in politics. He hung out with some guy named Jean Chrétien. Good to have you. Morning. Uh, it is great to have you. I mean, this is something that you have talked about for a long time, neo-Nazism. You've followed with it, but you've also dealt with this, as you write in your latest Toronto Sun column, about the threats against your own son, your nine-year-old th- son, and, and threats of rape and murder against family members. And, and you take us through, you know, your fight in trying to confront it and stop it. And it is a heck of a lot harder to do than than just doing it. Yeah, because these groups have become much more sophisticated. Uh, on the far right, you know, they learned if you go back, Alex, years and years ago to the early 80s, when David Duke was the um, Grand Wizard of the Knights of the Ku Klux Klan in Louisiana, you know, he got rid of the ropes, he got rid of the cross burnings, all of that stuff that had been seen as hardcore and serious and scary, you know, and he Mm -hmm. put on suits and he was telegenic and he spoke in talking points. And so the far right has learned from that. And so when you see in the Polyev case, and it's it's obviously terrible what Mrs. Polyev was subjected to and the terrible remarks that this creep made about her, as soon as he was called out on it, this leader of Diagalon, who's based in Nova Scotia, as soon as he was confronted with controversy and opposition and criticism, he said, I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. And that has become the MO, that has become the approach of many of these groups from the Proud Boys to the Boogaloo to the Plaid Army, that, you know, those names themselves sound kind of goofy. They don't sound scary, you know, like the Aryan Nations or mm-hmm. the White Aryan Resistance. And that's done deliberately. It's done deliberately to make people feel that these groups are not a threat. Yeah, and, and it's funny because everyone seems to kind of whip around the world the word far right on just about anybody. I mean, I've been called far right, and if you're calling me far right, you have no idea what far right is. Um, but, but it's a term that I think is loosely thrown at a lot of people, but it is a very actual real threat and it is growing and social media has made, you know, has given them a platform where they can spread and, and, and not necessarily, they don't actively recruit, but they are recruiting because lots of people who are kind of down and out 
will turn to them looking for someone to listen to them. Absolutely. And, you know, going back to that period I talked about, you know, the 70s and the 80s, when these guys, because they're mainly guys, they're kind of losers, um, when they wanted to get the word out, you know, they'd have to find money to print up some pamphlets and they'd have to find money to put somebody on a plane. And they send them to a place like Nova Scotia and there's a risk of getting arrested. With the advent of the Internet, but with the advent mm-hmm. of social media in particular, they can reach a global audience instantaneously for free. Like, it's the best thing that ever happened to them. So, you know, the people I've interviewed over the years, uh, Ernst Zundel and David Irving and so on, they were among the first adopters of the Internet. They recognized the power it had for them, and they've become much more sophisticated in the intervening years you know, with the Proud Boys becoming one of the leading far-right groups on the planet. Now we got this Diagon thing and them showing up, you know, in a conspiracy, alleged conspiracy to murder police officers. They're serious, but when you look at them superficially because of their goofy names and some of their goofy practices, they don't look that serious. Yeah, uh, but again, uh, you know, if you're under attack by these guys, it can be incredibly intimidating and scary. And, you know, they will attach themselves to anybody who they feel can give them legitimacy, which is why Pierre Polyevra and anyone else has to be really careful um, with, you know, the company they keep. I'd say it for all politicians, though, um, because they do need to figure out how to, to deal with this. And I don't know what the solution is. I mean, obviously, the social media platforms, Warren, should take a role. Uh, you know, you shouldn't be allowed to go on any social media platform and talk about raping anybody. But again, they won't take an active role. And so I'm not sure how we remedy this without stamping out the rights of everyone else who's not using a platform to spread that kind of hate. Well, I'm pro-police on this stuff. I think the police need more resources. They need better training about how to deal with this stuff. Um, Prosecutors, too, need to get more informed about it so they can recognize the threat and know how to deal with these cases. But the social media platforms, the people who make billions of dollars off, off of us using these social media platforms, they need to, as I said in my column, The Sun, join the human race and do things like eliminate anonymous accounts, where most of these problems mm-hmm, yeah. are coming from. Um, and, and get sophisticated about these groups, get informed about them. You know, for example, you know, how do they use humor, because I've mentioned that a couple times, to soft-pedal their message? There's a, a guy in the States, a far-right extremist, Holocaust denier named Nick, Nick Fuentes, and he said, this is a quote, he said, irony is so important because it gives us a lot of cover and plausible deniability for our views. And so that is what they're doing. When the Polyev, <clears throat> when Mrs. Polyev was attacked mm-hmm. in this despicable attack, the first thing this Diagolon leader said was, oh, well, we were just, we were drunk, we'd been drinking, and we we're just joking. We we're just joking. Mm-hmm. That is what they do in order to get, let people, get people to let their guard down and suggest that, you know, they're not a threat, but they are a threat, and they're much more sophisticated. Better resources for cops and prosecutors, the social media platforms need to get off their behinds and do the right thing. Yeah, that they haven't already tells you, I think, how seriously they don't take this. But again, it's always, well, we would have, could have, should have, and, uh, you know, it's festering out there, so we'll continue to watch it. But um, you're right, it needs to be confronted. Very much appreciate your perspective on this. Thanks, my friend.
Warren Kinsella joining us. You can read his article and his experience in the Toronto Sun today, but he also is the th- author of A Web of Hate, if you want to delve into this a little bit deeper. It's not as simple as saying, well, you're far right, just because you're, someone's a conservative. Not all conservatives are far right. In fact, most are not. You need to understand what far right actually is, instead of just labeling everyone. Because if you label everyone, then you're just simply erasing the actual hate and issue. So there's a lot to learn, I think, for a lot of people on this.